welcome back to Mindwave. This is Jenner, and very exciting, <laughs> super cool, super cool news. We uh, we have another crossover with the Daily Discussion Podcast, where even the best ideas are challenged. Uh, this is my new buddy Connor. Connor, welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be on the show, and I'm happy to have you as a new friend, man. There's not a lot of people out there who are. You know, standing up and just putting their ideas out there. I, I encourage everybody to do it. And the fact that you're doing it, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you having me on, man. Oh, yeah, man. We've had we've had such long conversations like off show. And this is like for uh, for the listeners, we actually lost our first one. So this is actually round two. <laughs> yeah. If you if you accumulated all that we've actually spent like talking, you could probably turn that into a couple podcasts on its own. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. Uh, several hours this guy's so cool you guys and i cannot wait to get into this this is the uh introduction to a new series that we are calling candle in the dark and uh i don't know maybe i'll let you you're far more articulate than i am how would you describe candle in the dark well i think everybody you know everybody has a has a a way that they utilize their their light or whatever i know that sounds a little bit hippy dippy but you know we all have different ways and moral systems and value systems that allow us to propagate and push forward and you know i think i've built a lot of friendships upon opposition you know in our last podcast we kind of had a lot of places of disagreement but i felt so much better after that because when you get that satiating feeling when you when you sit down with somebody and you don't just figure out what what, what it is that they think you know because that's that's kind of low resolution. Everybody thinks things, but to find out why they think something, that's really deep, man. That's like what, what led them to those presuppositions and what led them to those ideas. I think that's what really, what really the nitty gritty of this whole podcast thing is. So that's, to me, that's what it means to have a candle. It's just to have something that guides you. That's what a candle does. It lights up the dark so you can see where you're going and you can use that to, you know, n- not only push forward, but to tell other people where you're going. And I think that's important. Yeah. And I've been get I've been getting like a little bit too into this metaphor. Uh, <laughs> I I had notes somewhere and I was reading them back and I'm like, oh those sound those sound woo woo as fuck. <laughs> it kinda it kind of is though. It's kinda like we're all searching for truth and meaning in life in a largely dark universe that we know very little about. So you know, I I like this idea of us, you know, each having our own our own candle, our own way that we like look through the darkness. And uh you know, we, we typically we try to keep them separated and I'm mm-hmm. saying like no, right. we can bring them closer together. We bring them closer together, you can illuminate more, you know. <laughs> well, you know, there's this battle this of ideas. So no, it's so true because there's this battle of ideas that's happening right now in front of us. We're watching it unfold. And I think it was it was God Saad who tweeted today. He said, um, you know, if just the small minority of people who want liberty but don't want to face the consequences of standing up for it would just get past that, this whole thing would be would be better. We'd all have better ideas to throw around there. And, you know, like I said, I think I said this on the last time we did the podcast together, but I think human beings are pretty useless alone. You know, we don't really have much to offer. It's when we all put our ideas in one hat and and ex- decide which ones are the ones that we're going to use and which ones we don't need. That's when we really shine, you know, when we all cooperate. I think like our whole 
our whole evolutionary history is built on cooperation. So and that's what I think these podcasts do is they open up people like, you know, if I'm being real, I don't know a lot of people in my real life, in my reality, who want to talk about these kind of things. But but I but online oh. there's no shortage. I can find I can find twenty of them in a day just by s- sifting through different Facebook groups, and that's how we met, man. And I, you know, I've learned a lot just from our brief interactions. So it's all about learning, you know. Yeah, I I think more of it is just like understanding. Yeah, you know, like that. There's like the number one reason for conflict on the planet. It's just misunderstood. We're just not understanding each other 100%. and uh, we we have uh two options either we can we can talk to each other and try to figure it out try to understand or you know conflict escalates and uh, i mean absolutely man but what what you were saying of like <clears throat> we do need, like for society to move forward we do need kind of like to come around you know ideas to get common common value systems common morals or whatever um and this is going into because we were talking about this within the context of religion like how religion served a a very important evolutionary purpose like for the species in terms of large-scale cooperation um like the world had never seen you know this is how you build empires so um where was I going with that? Yeah, it, well, it was probably going to be another Harari plug. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I fucking love that guy. You know, yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's like um, Carl Jung once said that every generation faces its own unique set of problems. And we kind of talked about this before a little bit. But those people, as with all the error that their ideas entailed, they they knew some stuff that we just don't know. And that's because they faced challenges that we just don't face. And that's kind of like the plight of learning, right? Is that in order to learn something, you have to face some kind of challenge. You have to be uncomfortable. I would even go as far as to say that like every time you learn something new, an old part of you has to die, right? Because that that part of you that once thought of the world in one way is kind of shattered by this new information, you know, unless you have cognitive right. dissonance or whatever. Um, but yes, those, those you can people both at the same time, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, totally. And it's, it's, nobody likes that feeling. It's not like fun yeah. or anything, but those people, they, they, they grappled with some issues that we just don't have to grapple with. So, so that's why I always am finding myself on the side of a theist. Although, you know, I've been in posts where I'm getting attacked by a theist and an atheist in one post. So I'm like, wow. What a great, what a beautiful moment that is where I can be attacked by two people on opposition because I'm, because I'm somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah. No, oh, I get that all the time in politics. I get that all the time. <laughs> people on, uh, well, it means you're doing something right. Think, it means you're doing something <laughs> apparently, right. Apparently. Yeah. People on the left think I'm like Milo Yiannopoulos <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, people on, uh, the right think I'm like, uh, fucking, uh, Greta Thunberg, you know, it's just well, like, you know, well, yeah, well, regardless of what you have to say about either of those people, they, they, the one thing <laughs> like, despite all of their negative qualities, they make you think. And I think that's worth something. <sighs> Yeah, I wasn't even going to – at the Greta Thunberg way. I was just trying to think of somebody on the left. You know, even that, though I don't like her, one. she makes me like – she irks me. I still like the fact that she's – the fact that she's getting – Oh, yeah. <laughs>
You are a Viking. I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I was hoping that it got that me saying that I'm a Viking. Oh, it did. No, it didn't. Shout out to 23andMe. Yeah, I I haven't done it. You I, should, man. I'm, I'm sketchy about it, man. Genetic there's some, data. There's something look spiritual at what they do. about that. Uh, there's something look spiritual the, about it, though. Bro, look at what they do with with the data of, like, what we look which ads we look at look at what look at what we, what they do with that data what are they going to do with our genetic data like right this when is... you have right, like right when you go to get your like ultrasound they're going to be like by the way we know you like green eyes uh we could make that happen for you oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> or your insurance company can purchase your genetic data and be like oh this person is it has a high risk for heart disease let's jack up their fucking rates yeah like, or that's for real yeah no that I it's totally not just like kind of oh they it'll be a crime scene like no like that that's the kind of shit we're talking about with genetic privacy that all oh, see that's what the bell's there for bro tangent <laughs> tangents and we had technical difficulties so that's the, yeah it, it, it's a universal bell i like the bell idea uh you gotta get one man i know it's i it's, i'm I was going to say I can like look in China and see if I can get some made, but we don't have a great relationship with China as a country right now. Right. And uh, I have definitely used the words Hong Kong in a sentence uh, (laughs) in the last couple months on the show. So we're probably banned in China. I don't know. (laughs) Shout out to my friend, uh, Sydney Horton. She tweeted today or she put on Facebook today. She said, uh, we should trade all the Antifa members for the Hong Kong protesters and just, you know, I mean, it makes sense, right? Antifa, oh they God. want communism and Hong Kong, they want capitalism. So I, there you go. it's like this brilliant solution. Let's switch them and then, then we'll, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, that's actually nice. It's actually a brilliant idea. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like uh, I do the cha-cha. Yeah, by the way, by the way, we have listeners in Hong Kong and none of you have contacted me. Do you not have access to a VPN? Please get access to a VPN and email me at mindwavepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, no, we have listeners there. They're too busy pirating South Park episodes. <laughs> right? Oh my God. <laughs> the. <laughs> Oh man, do we want to talk about that for a minute? Well, you know, holy I, shit! I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, Jenner. I thought South Park wasn't even making shows anymore, and then all you know. But I've always known that they were kind of on the cutting edge of this of of all the politics and and, and the real world issues and stuff like they that. Like they, they always, always push are. And and so when I heard about this, I was actually really glad because I I really appreciate South Park. I think it's a great show, and I'm glad to see that they're still doing what they do best, which is. Uh, you know, breaking the status quo, uh, pushing the envelope, poking the bear a little bit, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it was almost kind of like, like nihilistic where like Randy's like, man, fuck South Park and Tally's cause it's like, Oh, I don't know if you want to say I, fuck I, I haven't, Park. I haven't watched them. I haven't watched them. Oh, the new ones, bro. No. Like, oh my God. But from, from like 2016 on, you have to fucking watch. Really? I've seen the ones. one with like the where where Garrison is like running for president. Okay, yeah. So that's about like where my knowledge ended of South Park was where Garrison was kind of like uh, like um, God. It was the episode where they showed uh, Caitlyn Jenner running into somebody with her, her car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so funny. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got to keep going from there because obviously, and this is fucking funny, and it was what I was going to say because South Park, they take very, very long breaks and they fucking deserve it. But when they're actually making the show, it's like boom, 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 like six days to an episode. That's how it's so relevant and so fucking like it's the, the yeah. process of creating it now is so automated. So they go fucking hard yeah. for like a couple months and then they just like, holy shit, chill. You know, speaking they of, had pl- yeah. <laughs> they they thought Hillary was going to win. So, <laughs> so that ep- that <laughs> so they had planned that and the episode was coming out like within a day or whatever and it the election I think was like the day before and then Trump won and then they had to rewrite the whole episode in like a day. Yeah. <laughs> I remember they've done that before that. Yeah. yeah I, I think I saw that. Crazy, you know, man. speaking of long breaks and nihilism, Rick and Morty, uh, next month on the 10th is right. uh, five episodes coming out. That's my favorite show. So shout out to Rick and Morty. Oh, cool. Yeah. I fucking love Rick and Morty. You know, I, I really <laughs> watch a lot of TV and people tell me that, I'm wrong for that because like I'm supposed to be, you know, as a as a public figure, someone who advertises himself as a public figure, I'm supposed to be on like <laughs> the cutting edge of all these movies and shows, but it's like, oh, you know, right. I just man, it, it it takes a lot for something like a like a show or or a movie to captivate me enough to really for me to care about it more than the other things I have going on in my life, you know? All right. I I have less and less time for entertainment like that but even even more importantly for me i don't have i don't have the time for the entertainment of like the other creators the other podcasters the other youtubers i have not gotten to sit down and like do that and that is is i care more about that than like the dumb joker movie or whatever everybody's i haven't seen it it? right now i snow i don't see shit in the theater i think the last shit i saw in the theater (laughs) was um Deadpool. Yeah. It, it, and one of the Jurassic Parks, one of the newer Jurassic Parks. Jurassic World, I think the first one. Or maybe, I don't know, it was in 3D. I, I saw the remember, new yeah, Lion like, King. Mm. I saw the new Lion King and the Ooh, new, uh, and the new uh, Aladdin. Uh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. I mean, yeah. it's nothing different. It's the exact same show, but just live action. Honestly, I didn't even yeah. feel like they did enough to. So that so with Aladdin they added one song, but it was an SJW song. Oh. Yeah. Oh boy. But I'm not gonna lie though, it was a good movie. Like despite that one like SJW undertone, it was a good movie. Like they did a good job. Yeah. Will Smith carried the movie. Oh, I ha I have to imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean he was the movie. He was Will Smith was Aladdin in this movie. There's no doubt about it. I mean yeah, it's just I, I, you know, man, I hate to sound pompous or arrogant or whatever. Like this is such a, I, I, I don't like saying stuff like this, but I've been really into reading lately. So it, it for for me to take time away from reading, like I'd have to find a movie or a show that really captivated me. Like I watched, I started to watch The Hobbit last night, and I just, you know, man, I just kind of got bored halfway through, and I think that's because. As I'm getting older, I'm seeing more utility in books than I am in movies. I don't know why. It's not like yeah. I'm, I'm not doing it on purpose. You know, it just I, I'm just going in the direction of where I'm being pulled. And it seems like books are pulling me harder in in like the fantasy direction. Yeah. Or? Like I just I'm reading uh, the Odyssey okay. right now. I've never read the Odyssey. It's a classic Greek mythology uh, right, book. and I've, yeah. I've never read it. Oh, totally. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm embarking on that. Yeah. I, I read uh, 
Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning this year. I read a couple of books by George Orwell. I read uh, Road to Wigan Pier and I read Animal Farm. I read 1984 last year too. Um, I, I'm a slow reader, man. I'm not a fast reader. I'm more, I'm, I'm good with comprehension, but I, I really do read books at a snail's pace. Yeah, no, that's important. Slow reading is a whole, is a whole thing. If, if you don't believe me, Google TED Talk slow reading. It's, it's a thing. And you hear that, Mr. Nichols? Mr. Nichols, that was my <laughs> second grade teacher. He, he told me that you comprehend better when you read the book faster. And I always fervently disagreed with him. And he would make, we would have the arguments about it in class. So I hope you're listening to this, Mr. Nichols. You're, you were wrong. Slow yeah. reading is where it's at. Slow reading. It's, it's how, because you're appreciating what the author did. They, they put months or years into the, the work. So not only are you comprehending right. it better, you're appreciating the author more. And I should probably try reading again, like actual physical books, because I was always absolutely just horrible at it. And I would end up having to read the same thing over and over and over again. Right. Right. Get right. it. And I'd fall asleep. It just wasn't like I couldn't, I, well, you know, so it as now though, I don't know. It might be, it might be interesting. I'm all audio. So all the books that I quote read, those are all audio books that went into my earballs. Like I started to try to make a list of all the books I've ever read. And I just, you know, I just realized, and I, and I was trying to rate them too. But I just realized I didn't remember enough about a book, you know, 10 years ago enough to rate it. So I just I just stopped doing that. But I, I do have a Goodreads account. If anyone ever wants to, like, check out the books that I recommend, they're all on my Goodreads. Um, nice. do, you have, do you have a Goodreads? Uh, we uh, no, we started a, a book club <laughs> on our on our website where uh, anytime somebody like really strongly f- recommends like a specific book, we like put links um there's with the plugins they use default as the kindle one i don't know why guys so there's there's kindle links for all these things on our uh on our website and i am going to stress see the everything bell these are not affiliate links guys these are not affiliate links we're not getting paid to do that um if you think we should Tell us on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. Yep, Je- okay. uh, <laughs> J- Jenner, Jenner is actually sponsored by the Koch brothers. So, uh, yeah, no, the, we so fuck the ads, bro. Fuck <laughs> the ads. You should embrace more of that. Fuck the ads. Embrace the support model thing. We need to kind of like Sam Harris kind of started this this idea in my head to like, no, we need to make this go viral because ads are fucking stupid and we should be encouraging support models. Like it's it's especially if you incorporate like strong if you like community organizing like around it like building communities around it and like engagement and interaction and shit like within that you know uh, like oh we have so many cool ideas for it man but yeah fuck ads man never run an ad on the show i mean you know google affiliate links is a little hazy by support (laughs) by support methods do you mean like um like patreon and gofundme and stuff like that yeah just any way any any way that is you know that you collect support we we use so patreon most use people PayPal. i know most people i know are cool with crowdfunding it, it, it doesn't seem to be an issue although i it seems to be more of an issue with the older generation and i get it you know they like like they had to work really hard for their money and they had to earn their income the, the nitty-gritty way um but it seems like our generation doesn't have a problem with it now my friends that i went to high school with who are like my my friend group they don't like the idea and i and i kind of get it 
it's a bit superficial. It feels weird. Every, you know, I try to only post my GoFundMe link on Facebook like once every other, you know, once a month or something like that. I don't want to like overdo it. And I always tell people like the engagement, like the likes, the shares, the comments, like that helps more than the, than the money. You know, I, I, like, I care about that the most. Uh, the money oh, is like a, a nice bonus to where like I could go buy like, you know, I, I have, I'm talking to you with this Samson mic right now. It's really nice. I bought it because I got a couple donations on GoFundMe and I was able to do that. And I really appreciate that people allow me to do that. But more so than anything, I mean, being, we need to be like, um, especially as creators, man, we need to be sharing other people's works. We need to be liking it, commenting, sharing. I really believe in that. I, I think we all need to be, you know, you scratch your back, I'll scratch yours type thing. Yeah. And you know what? You know what it is, bro, is creators have to take care of each other because the market doesn't value us and we right. all know it's fucked up. And that's where 100%. this whole starving artist thing comes from. Right. Art is some of the best shit that a, a culture, a society can produce. It's the most valuable shit we have. Right. It's what makes everything, all of the entertainment, all of the design, all of the music, all of everything. It creates our fucking culture yeah absolutely and we and the, value it so little. and the truth is people value the the spoken word now more than the written word not to say that the written word isn't as powerful as it always has been if you can take the time to really engage in it but the truth of the matter is we all engage in the in the in the in the spoken word more than the written word so remember that you know like you, you will you know i went and bought a book the other day and i thought you know i'm buying this book and I, of course, I want to support the author because it's a book that interests me. But I listen to all these podcasts as well. And I actually spend more of my time listening to the podcasts. So how can I justify that I'm willing to spend money to support this author, but I'm not willing to throw five bucks here and there to a couple podcasts I like? I mean, that's, I, I think that's, that's huge. And so like, you know, I've donated to a couple of different podcasts. You know, I'm, I'm not like rich or anything, so I can't right. give a hundred dollars to anybody, but but that you know that five dollars it goes a long way for people who are like you said we're struggling artists starving artists. It's it's the modern equivalent of that. I right. mean, really, society just, just they value it, but they're not willing to value it monetarily, especially with the age of the internet, because they're used to getting everything for free. Right, right. And then the ads took over. South Park fucking covered this shit too. The ads fucking took over and now it's the ad model and that's what makes money. Ads make money. Clicks make money. You guys all know this is fucked up, right? It doesn't have to be like that. Well, but you know what? Okay it takes time. It. it takes money. It takes expertise. Right. It takes a lot to produce anything. Anything of value to the society it takes a lot to fucking produce it. So if you out, out there in the universe support the fucking creators of the world that you value in society and that's the biggest thing about like fucking if andrew yang wins a negative freedom dividend that's what i'm going to be using most of that for well see like, that's the you know the 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 rationalization and the justification that i can use for supporting andrew yang not that it requires a lot i like andrew yang i think he's a, an intelligent guy who actually cares about solving complex problems i really believe that the way that it's really easy for me to convince myself that I'm cool with the freedom dividend is that, you know, if I'm the product, right? Cause that's what these ad companies are doing. They're using your information to sell to other companies so that no advertisement is wasted. If, if, if you, if you see an advertisement on your Facebook, you're seeing that specific advertisement for a reason. That's, 
you know, it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's yeah. creepy. It's creepy. It's weird. It is totally creepy. But I'm okay with it if I'm being compensated. Because if you're using my information to make money, exactly. that means I, I'm the product. And so if I'm the product, well, where's my, you got to tax that product, man. Where's I, my I want, cut? I want my cut, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you're, at the you're same making time, billions of dollars off of it. Where's my fucking cut? And 100%. That just, that just makes sense from a fundamental level, <laughs> like on that level. But Andrew's taking it a step further because he's like, if you don't want to participate in that shit at all, he wants to, he wants you to have a privacy dial. You know, you turn up and down and say, no, you cannot fucking make money off my so shit. So would that or person you can... <laughs> not qualify for the freedom dividend if they opted out of it? I think that, yeah, the, no, this is separate. This is like a separate a data privacy so you're saying that I basically I would probably if Andrew Yang became president I would receive a letter in the mail that basically said hey Connor are you cool with I'll pay you a, you know you can get this thousand dollars a month but you have to be willing to let companies utilize your information I could I could no 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 the no the that that would be on top of the freedom dividend that's really? not in, yeah oh yeah oh yeah I'll bust this I'll bust this open right so now so I could for, make potentially like. 1400 bucks a month if I wanted to really let the advertising companies go crazy with my information. But uh, conceivably, yeah, depending on like, I don't know what, what the structure. Well, this is good like for me now. and I think it's good, a good time. Just real quick, I'll plug this real quick. Uh, this next Sunday, um, Rich Casada, who is going to be representing Yang and, and James Janko is going to be representing Trump and I'm going to be moderating a debate on my show. So, so this is good. I'm glad I'm learning more about this stuff, I didn't know it went beyond just that thousand dollars. So maybe you can educate me a little bit, and I can be a little bit more prepared for my. I'm my well. Debate. I'm pretty sure it's for that one for the data thing. I have to look deeper into the, yeah. the data privacy policy plan. I don't think that's like ex the details of that are really worked out yet. Like so, uh, most of the big ones, obviously, are like the freedom dividend is like it paid for, done, free right. and clear, tax free. Everybody, American citizen, eighteen and up, till you die. It doesn't stack on even if I even if I make uh, you know ten million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's what I thought. That's what somebody else told me that, and I, I you know, I I don't see why though you couldn't put a threshold on it. Like if you make over a certain income, you don't qualify for that. I mean, I, I don't see why that's a big deal. Well, well, because. The U stands for universal, and we need to think of it not as some in, uh, entitlement, some welfare program, because that's not what it is. It's it's right. a right of citizenship. Go back to look at what Thomas Paine said about the citizens having a freedom dividend, not a freedom, uh, citizen's dividend, you know, to be able to you know, share in the bounty of the wealth created by the country. So this is, this is a deeply American idea right? that goes like, wait, 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 wait back. And it's, it, it, it's as a right of citizenship. So if you're Jeff Bezos, if you're the guy sleeping under the bridge, if Jeff Bezos, you're not going to fucking know if you're the guy under the bridge, you don't have to live under a bridge anymore. You know what I mean? And it's, right. it's calculated in a way now, um, we just spoke this morning with Scott Santens, and I hope uh, that episode goes up very soon. Yeah. But um, it's it puts you just above Potter poverty line, like just like right there. So basic needs you're taken care of, you know, and then it's all built up from there. This was not meant to. Oh my God! See distraction bill, bro. 
This was not meant to be an Andrew Yang episode. Like we've had like twelve Andrew Yang well, episodes you know, in a row. I, wanted, I was actually just thinking about <laughs> asking you this. You know, maybe we can just change the subject for the for refreshment, I suppose. But you know, I liked Andrew Yang was on the Young Turks, and God, I just want to let you know, guys, I I, I really do not like the Young Turks. Uh, they don't uh, represent no. my values in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. But I appreciated their either. interview. I actually did. I think they did a good job interviewing Yang. I think they asked him if he was religious, and he said, "I'm spiritual." Um, and I know that you're you don't necessarily identify with the term atheist. Are you are you spiritual? I don't know what that word means. <laughs> no, I that's that, the, the that, best that's the best answer I can give to that. I don't know what that word means. What I mean that's <laughs> like I don't I don't well, know. Well that's the what, answer you gave me last time. And okay. I actually you know, by the way, I really it's, appreciated that answer that you yeah. gave me where you said uh you said if I didn't, you, you know, you said I don't like the term atheist because if I didn't believe in aliens, I wouldn't need to go around saying I'm an anti-alien believer. You know, yeah, it's 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 an unnecessary step and it's an unnecessary label. It just it it shouldn't exist. And people people go, oh well, when did you become an atheist? I'm like, well, I okay, I never became. Yeah, well, that's based and, on the assumption I, yeah. that you're naturally born a believer in God. Now. I yeah, yeah. will say I think I, just the, I think the term is useful because for the majority for the like the huge vast majority of human history people did believe in God or at least they attributed uh, certain phenomenological occurrences to a spirit you know like you 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 hear the Native Americans often say oh it's the mountain spirit or the moon spirit or the water spirit or etc you know yeah I mean it it's the rational conclusion is that, yeah, you probably do need a word for that, but it, right. the, the tribal identifier part where you get to ascribe qualities to that label that you can then use to judge the entire group. Yeah, there's you know, no consistency amongst atheists. Yeah. I mean, it seems like I've, I've talked to, you know, I've had multiple atheists that I've debated on my show. I've even had atheists on my show that we really weren't debating. We were just kind of having a civil conversation. And it, it seems as if um, there's no such thing as an atheist doctrine, you know, there's no, there's, absolutely. there's just like, individuals <laughs> who believe who don't believe in a creator and they all have a different idea of how the world came into fruition, but it's not consistent, you know, and that, I, I, I appreciate that. Literally, that really, what that means, though, what that means, though, is that atheists are actually thinking, you know, are, are individually thinking and not becoming some hive mind, which is, of course, by the way. As somebody who's yeah. not an atheist, I'll say that one terrible side effect of religion is that it tends to give people – it tends to strip people of their free thinking because they they collect yes. in a kind of hive mind. And I don't think that's good. I think if you actually read the Bible or if you read Buddhist texts or Hindu texts, the message that you take out is that you're kind of supposed to question the the how the universe came to be and what the universe means and why you're here. And it's not bad to question those things. It's not like a – you're, it's not blasphemy to wonder about why there's evil in the world, you know? Yeah. And I, the, the thought popped into my head like a minute and a half ago and I was like, fuck, write it down, write it down, write it down. And then I forgot it for a minute. And then I remembered it and I was like, yeah, about like it, trying to generalize atheist as like a thing that you can, this like people who don't like cucumbers. Okay. Like, would you try to make any vast general statement? Oh, about people wait, who Jenner, don't you like don't, cucumbers. You haven't heard about the, the anti Q community. They're uh, 
it's you, you can go look up their Facebook group. They they all hate cucumbers. <laughs> okay, but wouldn't you believe me though? Like if I told you that and you you didn't just make that comment and I said, "Hey, bro, did you ever hear about the pe- group of people who who are against cucumbers?" You'd believe me because the because that's the internet, oh, the yeah. wild wild west. Oh, oh yeah, no. Catholics against seedless watermelon is a real thing. People who hate the word moist. <laughs> That's a real thing, bro. People who hate the word moist. Like uh like like don't describe a cake to those people, you know? Yeah, like like the people who are afraid of holes or whatever that is. <laughs> oh yeah, people who are afraid of Trypoph- holes. Oh my Trypophobia. god. That is oh, so man, funny. that's sorry if that's insensitive. Guys. Yeah, well, you know, if you're afraid of holes, fuck you. Bill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man. Oh, this is great. How the fuck did we get on that? How did we get on hold? Well, we were talking about religion and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and, um, well, you know, when it, when it comes to, you know, a lot of people ask me this, they say, you know, Connor, you, you're, uh, you're pretty, I'm pretty empirically minded. You know, I'm, I'm, I try to, I try to, you know, I'm definitely a top down thinker. So when I hear about a new idea, my, my mind's instinct is to take it to its extreme, right? I want to think about the craziest thing that it could be, the craziest explanation. But, you know, what, I, what, I, what I've learned to do to combat that so it's not so woo-woo is what I do is I reduce it from the top down. Some people aren't like that. Some people start from the bottom, and if they can't build it to another level, they don't even bother going further. I think starting from the top down has its, definitely has its hindrances, but it also helps me understand perspectives from different levels. Because I can, if, if, if we're talking about one specific idea like religion, I can take it from the top and then I can work to the bottom so I can understand how people in the middle feel and I can understand how people at the top feel and I can understand how people at the bottom feel. And I've kind of synthesized all that to formulate my own ideas of what I believe religion is and, why, and, and also how I've come to the conclusion of, as to why it has utility. And I think one of the reasons why that is is because First of all, I think all artifacts have utility, right? I mean, all ancient cave drawings and, and pieces of art and texts have, have utility. But beyond that, I think one thing that religious texts do really well, you know, and I, I've already kind of laid out a couple things I think they don't do well, like it's, which is create ideology and create pathology and stuff like that. But one thing they do really well is they lay out things that are practically applicable and easily to do so. Like you can you can read certain texts and you can extrapolate out some lesson and you can actually apply that in your own life. And from my experience, and I believe that believing in what you've experienced is, is a really beneficial thing you could do is it, one of the things that I've learned from my experience is that if I can apply a lesson from, from religion, I can kind of be like a scientist and decide, okay, that lesson didn't really work out very well, but this lesson did. And I, and I found that in all religions, there's some lessons that are good and some lessons that are bad. And I understand I was, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but my friend was commenting back and forth with me on my post. My Facebook is like this giant never ending debate. If anyone like loves to argue, please add me. You could, you could really get on some fun, but me, me and my friend were kind of going back and forth and I was just telling him like, you know, you I, I understand why atheists don't want to unpack the metaphorical underpinnings of the Bible because it's so much. It's so much and it requires a certain level of being able to separate the wheat from the chat. You do have to learn how to differentiate that 
because these stories were written by man, there are some good ideas and some bad ideas. I would argue that there are mostly good ideas with a, with a few undertones of bad ideas, but that's about as far as I would go with it. Yeah, so. Well, the, the bad ideas that are in there are really, 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 really bad ideas. I might disagree I mean, with you. I mean, I, I, like I said, I might disagree with you just because of interpretation. And so like you and I have done this a little bit before where we've kind of yeah. gone back and forth and like, you, you know, you say a certain line in the Bible and you say, this is bad. And I say, well, yeah, that's definitely bad if you're interpreting it the way that you're laying it out to me. Let me give you an alternative perception of, of how that could be laid out. And I don't think it's as bad. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot of it's not just, and it's not even just the differences of interpretation. It's the degree to which different interpretations are good or bad. Okay, so how how do you interpret, um, how do you interpret, <laughs> Jesus, how do you I'm interpret, uh, I know, man, I'm stumbling. We're having fun, we're drinking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, I heard that the was a rule. Stone, so. y- yeah, well, apparently. <laughs> we, we like to have fun, though. Um. Jesus, yeah, I'm going to have to cut little bits of this. Well, I no, mean, there's the, definitely like the the. I I got I got I got I got I got it. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I might leave it in. Fuck it. Um, leave it no, in. No. Okay. How how do you interpret stoning a woman on her father's doorstep for um not being a virgin on her wedding night? Like, what what does okay. that what does that story, what other way is there to interpret that? Here's what I will tell you. And this is all purely my own speculation, but it is, but these ideas are ensconced in real peer reviewed psychological literature. Okay. So let me start by saying, I don't care what single couples do. I don't, or or what single people do as far as their own choices of, of, of sex. And I certainly, by the way, I also certainly don't care what people do in regards to who they have sex with either. I, I did, did, it really, really never bothered me. I, I come from a place that's very accepting of sexual uh, promiscu- promiscuity, right? But in, monogamy is something that no matter where you go, what, no, it doesn't matter what culture you go to, what p- part of the world, monogamy is encouraged. And the reason why it is encouraged yeah. is because, and, and it's even been encouraged before this psycholog- psychological literature came into fruition, but the, but the literature is very clear that monogamous households do, are better for children. So I, I, a lot of what I think the Bible does is I, I actually don't think it makes arguments for anything. I think what, what it's actually doing is doing its best to lay out a description of the world. And so... When, when, a, when the Bible comes out and says something super hyperbolic, like the line you just laid out, and super harsh, I think it's, it's, it's just trying really hard to drive home the fact that monogamous households are better for children. And I think that because people back then didn't have enough time to really think about, think ideas through the way that, you know, we've had over the last couple thousand years, a monogamy was kind of associated with virginity, if that makes sense. We, you know, we so, <laughs> don't have sex or we'll stone you to death. Is it like, what kind of moral? It doesn't that? say we'll I mean, stone. It doesn't say we'll okay, stone. Okay, That's the thing, though. Gonna, it doesn't no, say the, we'll. No, yeah, no. The villagers come to stone her on her father's doorstep. The whole village I know, comes but it doesn't to. say we will stone you to death. 
it says, if you do this, you will be stoned to death. And that's why, where I think the distinction is to be made that it's not the Bible making an argument for something. Well, it's the Bible trying to lay is, out. A, is it, it it's, something it's, that is trying, it something they actually lay, did? They're trying to lay out a superordinate principle, right? They're trying their best to, to read the patterns of the universe and try to figure out, okay, if you break this pattern, here's what happens. And that's like, you know that too. Like when you lie about something, you you know, man, you know that you've never gotten away with a lie. Not not really. I mean, you, you can think you've gotten away with it in the moment, but it always it always bounces back. So what they're doing is trying to observe a huge set of patterns and say, okay, we've noticed that when this happens, things don't turn out good. Now let's not just say that because if I tell you, hey, if you steal, something bad will happen to you, that's not very compelling. But if I say, if I sim- symbolize it and say, if, if you steal, hellfire will rain upon you, that's more powerful, right? That's more, that helps you understand more that there's some superordinate principle. Now, as far as being a virgin well, goes, man, well, I really don't yeah, care. I, what- I, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to bust in there because I was going to go to real world applications. Uh, do not st- cut off the hand of a thief is a teaching in Islam and they mm-hmm. actually physically do it. Okay, uh, my my deliberately hyperbolic example of stoning the daughter for adultery or whatever. Um that's hyperbolic, but that the the act is still, you know, condemned and shamed in the same way, but it actually there's real world harm, okay? Because you look at the um the, the ideas around disciplining your kids caning and whipping your kids for disobedience a lot of a lot of religious organizations still today fucking like ritually beat kids not like bad but spank them and shit you know it's it's fucking weird and that's where it's that's so my my argument is always going to be like yes that may have been a valuable teaching and this is why it may have had some utility like to like discourage certain behaviors but it the the conversation about encouraging or discouraging behaviors comes up it clashes with the wall of real world consequences of the teachings and that's always where i'm going to exist i think <laughs> i can see both sides of this i'm just i'm i i just see the real world suffering and I find it hard not to just draw a straight line well, and you know, say objectively we, we, that's right. wrong. We put an arbitrary line between mythology and narrative, but I don't think it's very useful. I think mythology is the same thing as narrative. And, you know, there's a lot of cultures who have mythology that's, well, how do I put this? It's not, it's not, it doesn't seem inherently positive, right? And, but even if it is inherently positive and has like good values and good or, and good messages, there's still times in which people go against that. And that's the idea of like, well, w- would we even need psychology if we were fully transparent to ourselves? You know, it's like we, we wouldn't need these things to be laid out if we, if we understood ourselves so well to where we could integrate what we say to what we do and have those two things be exactly the same. You know what I, I mean? Got lost in space for a minute. No, it's like, but <laughs> what I mean is like, you know, we. I was following. I didn't have a follow up. I was just like enthralled. <laughs> I notice about myself that I oftentimes say things to people. 
that are like pieces of advice. And they're good pieces of advice. They're things you should really live by. But I don't always live by them, man. Like, you know, like I, I tell people they should eat healthy. But, you know, sometimes I eat cake. You know, I, I like cake. I, it's good. I try not to eat it all the time. And I still think people should try to limit their consumption of cake if they want to have like a, a life full of longevity. Although, you know, like I would never denigrate somebody for what they put into their body. I'm really weird about body autonomy. I, I try to maintain that I, I don't like to tell people what they should do with their body. I actually think all drugs should be legal. I don't think, I don't think, the, I don't think the guy on the street doing heroin is really hurting anybody. You know what I mean? But, but still, though, I, 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 I could tell well, somebody. he's hurting his family, but. Well, that well, you know that actually. Sorry, I, I, no, no, Jenner. Yeah. That's a good point. He's, he's hurting I, the people. He's hurting I the actually, people in his life who care I about him. I actually believe that. No, Jenner, you're right because yeah. the truth of the matter is, is even though I would never tell somebody they couldn't, I still would say that by by somebody engaging in acts that are inherently negative, they're actually not only are they affecting their family, bro. We're all connected in a weird way. When you don't do things that are the right thing, you're actually hurting the whole world. Okay, let me give you a really quick anecdote. My friend Andrew, who's a great guy, he's, he, he's from Ukraine. And in Ukraine, when he was growing up, when he was 16, it was really normal for a cop to pull you over and you know you just give him 20 bucks and you're good to go, right? Well, one day he realized, he, he, was, he had lights behind him and he pulled over and he he had been reading some books and expanding his knowledge and he realized that by contributing to that corruption, he was actually enabling it. And Jenner, I really believe that if your country becomes corrupt, you as an individual citizen are equally responsible because you let it happen. This is like so far, like this is so on the line of like what the entire Yang Kang is or the Yang campaign is all about. It's really? about like, well, yeah, fundamentally, it's like not shirking your responsibility and saying it's the king's fault. It's like, no, we let this shit happen. Let's fix it. And we're and we're doing it with love, man, which is a crazy and love and humanity. And that's a, a crazy thing that I never thought that could happen. And it's shattering the barriers, man. It's breaking down walls. It's bringing people like that you'd never think in a million years fucking it's bringing them together in the real world to travel across the country to give each other a fucking hug man the yang gang the yang gang is beautiful i would love to it's see beautiful. yang on cuz cuz you know a lot of these ideas about responsibility and your country becoming corrupt is your fault they're they're peterson ideas i would love to see yang on on sam harris's or peterson's podcast although i know objectively that he would never do that because that would cause so much separation within his bro you know his his grouping but I, I would love to see it bro coming, coming to be <laughs> what bro <laughs> Andrew Yang is intellectual dark web I know he's but, but he's, he has he's to friends with Eric Weinstein okay he, but us, I IDW. found him on Sam Harris bro He's I think on he Sam went on Harris? Sam. He went on Sam Harris like a, over a year ago. That's really? how I found him. That's how I found him. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 for real intellectual. So, dark so that guy, concerns bro. me actually, bro, because I don't think there's enough of us IDW guys who are out there. It's who are... not. Yeah, it's not even explicit. 
I was uh, I went on uh, moving forward to just be like, has anybody else noticed this? Like, because nobody was talking about it, and I was like, I, it's actually kind of con- the IDW is controversial. Is this okay? Like, I watched him I okay on. I watched him this? on. The, I watched. He, you know, he was on Eric Weinstein's podcast this morning, right? Mm. Uh, are you talking about the portal? Yeah, he was on the portal this morning. Yeah, yeah. again, he was on the other day. I was or yeah, like, no, maybe was it was maybe it was like yeah, two yeah, days yeah. ago. I don't know. No, they, yeah, man, it was great. He was great on that. Yeah, I felt like they had some good chemistry. You know, I, it's always cool to see. Uh, you know, Andrew Yang. You know, like I said, man, he's got firepower upstairs. I mean, like you know, up up in his head. He's he's a smart guy, and I think he has the efficacy to actually solve complex problems. I here's now here's where I'd get a little controversial and say I actually don't think that UBI could work. I think that because we have a, you know, you got to realize, man, a lot of the voters are from the South and they're very fiscal, very capitalist minded, very um, non-handout type people. And they're the majority of the voters. And they're also the majority of our culture. And so I I don't know if, if, if UBI would resonate with our culture uh, or at least I don't know if our I don't know if the people who are already set in their ways would allow it to come into fruition in our culture. I just don't. Yeah. Well, this is the beautiful thing because it's tied to this humanity first movement and saying enough of the enough of the the, the political theater, enough of the corruption, enough enough of the drama. Can we just be people again? it's it's un, that's the underlying message behind it and this wave is fucking unstoppable i actually made this note today it's like it's not, the freedom dividend is not going to win the election humanity first is going to win the fucking election and the people who make up this base are so crazy diverse man if you want to hear a wide fucking range of people go back do our humanity first series start with fred who's described himself as a staunch Republican truck driver um, to Phil, who's like a, a nuclear nerd, very, very nerdy, smart brain to fucking uh, Annette and her daughter Ellie from like out in Aravaca, teeny tiny little um, town of 700 here out in the middle of Arizona. Right. To, oh my God, it's just like all these different people and they're all coming to the same thing. And I've just gotten a small sample. Well, but like, I would love bro, to get, I would love to get the freedom dividend Trump too, though. voters. <laughs> it's not for, for me anyway, it's not even about the, it totally like that's awesome, but it's, it's just about bringing people together again. Cause you literally have people who voted for Trump, people who voted for Hillary, Jill Stein, uh, whatever the libertarian guy, I always forget his name. He's very forgettable. All of the people who voted for all of them or didn't vote at all, this is their first time they're all coming together under this like huge crazy love umbrella and they're like literally hugging and like doing good deeds in, in neighborhoods and stuff. It's like the craziest thing, man. It's the craziest thing. And some of the I loudest can see people why, right now. You know, I can see why yeah. <laughs> Yang unifies people from different political, different parts of the political spectrum. I can definitely see that. Um, he as far de-radicalizes as like, them with love. But then they become, it's it's almost like, that's the best way. He's a loving he, guy. They, he, de-radical, he de-radicalizes them with love and humanity, but they still keep their passion because this 
is better. It's just better, guys. Isn't this better than fighting? Isn't this better than hating each other for who we voted for, caring which fucking team you're on? Isn't this better? <laughs> oh, man, this was not supposed to be a Humanity First promo. We're supposed to be talking about Candle in the Dark. <laughs> Uh, but no, man, it's, I'm telling you, and Andrew Yang's base is crazy diverse and crazy low. Well, I will tell you like that it, when I go just, on Facebook and when I go to my suggested <sighs> friends, it's all Yang supporters, which is surprising because, like, you would think that somebody like it's Andrew real. Yang. Everybody and, sees and it Facebook, and they think it's fake. I kind of thought it was Did fake it was too, it? and I kind of still do. I mean, I'm not, I don't think that. The Andrew Yang supporters. Everybody thinks it's just... totally real, bro. <sighs> yeah, so you no, think that's, he's just got that people, many followers? This is the whole thing. He absolutely does. He absolutely is inspiring that many people. What's he pulling like, at is, right now? That is a real movement, what, what, you guys. What's he pulling at right now? What's he pulling he's, at? He's like fourth, I think. That's and everybody bad. at the top, they've been going down. His his momentum has gone up consistently from the beginning, and he's got almost no coverage on the like the like the me, There's a huge media bias against. Well, that's him a that's big problem, more, man. More with the DNC is the DNC is you the know, most corrupt. I mean, the it, like listen, it, is there corruption in the GOP? Absolutely, but it doesn't even touch the corruption in the DNC. I mean, they they gerrymandered Tulsi Gabbard at the last debate, and I, I like Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, you know, almost as much as I like Yang and Tulsi Gabbard pretty much equally, but I, there's, I'm so worried, you know, I'm so worried that the left is so far gone that they are not able to recognize that what they're doing isn't working. I, you know, when, when, when they, when Hillary was the primary candidate, they were high-fiving each other in the corner. Like, yeah, we got this in the bag. It's just Trump. No big deal. They lost, and I and I don't and I and I'm worried that they didn't learn from that lesson. I really don't think that they did. I think what's going to happen is that they might actually yeah. put forth someone. But if they put forth someone who's moderate enough, like Andrew Yang or Tulsi Gabbard, they'll win no matter what. Like they will win, but but I don't think they're smart enough to do that, man. I just don't see it. It's not about Andrew Yang. I think he's smart enough. I think Tulsi Gabbard is smart enough too. It's just the DNC that I'm worried about. I think they're stupid as shit, man. Well, don't you? We outnumber them. That that's the whole thing. I mean, the, what happened in 2016 was fucked up. Apparently, everybody who was there is now gone. It's all new people who are like, we're open, we're transparent. But I mean, there is clearly media bias. I don't I'm going to say something so controversial right now that, that I've, is. I've never, you know. You oh, think, go for it! Thank God you got a few drinks in me because I hate to say this, man. I am so <laughs> glad that Trump won over Hillary. Like, I'm not saying that I want Trump to stay in office, man. I really hope that the Democrats wake up and put forth somebody moderate like Tulsi or Yang, because I've been a liberal my whole life, my friend. I, I grew up in the liberal mecca. But I knew enough about like, listen, I'm not, I'm not conspiratorial, man. I, I'm so over conspiracies. It is not even funny. I don't like watching those videos. I don't like going down those rabbit holes. But I know enough about them because I once went through a phase that I was like, dude, fuck Hillary Clinton, man. I do not want that criminal in office. Now, is Donald Trump a fucking idiot sometimes? Absolutely. Does he say things that I don't agree with? No doubt about it. 
but there was every part. He he is also a criminal. I mean, let's be clear. Well, I, you know, as far as implicated in, yeah, as far as the the sexual stuff goes, I don't know. I mean, I, Oh, I wasn't even going there. No, no, no. I was talking like, he's like, for campaign finance shit and corruption and shit. He's been implicated. Yeah, the yeah, no, you're right. The reason he hasn't been removed from office is because you can't impeach a sitting, or you can't uh, indict a sitting president. Well, yeah, that's oh, fine. I mean, man, I'm we sure... We don't talk I'm, about him. No, I'm sure he's been corrupted, or uh, I'm sure he's been involved in corruption. There's, I mean, I think all people are at the, like who are... No, I don't want to say that. That's not true. I think a lot of politicians get caught up in that trap. A lot of business people get caught up in that trap. I don't think yeah. that Donald Trump... It's all Trump, fake. Donald Trump yeah, but, is all fucking fake. He's a reality uh, TV star. I don't think he, he's... He spent most of his life as a fucking Democrat okay, saying but Republicans there's no, were stupid. There's no way that he's as malevolent as Hillary Clinton, man. That that woman has been involved in so many scandals that he, oh, like, oh, oh, he doesn't oh, even oh, touch oh. it. L- let me be clear. Let me be clear. I, I've done the counterfactual. I actually agree with you now. I wouldn't have at the time. I was like, there is no way this guy is getting in office. I hate yeah, Hillary. I don't like him either, man. Core. I don't like Trump either, though. I, I still voted for Hillary, but now now having context and shit, it may have gotten much worse under Hillary. She's one of the most hated people in this country. We could right. have, like, the, the shit that we're seeing now where people are like, oh, there's going to be civil war. I'm like... She may have been like that. We may have dodged a fucking bullet there, guys, because you know I was that so could have bummed. been the spark of the fucking revolution. The first like, thing that really pissed me uh, off, dude. The first thing that really irked me was when Trump became president and he signed the bill for the Dakota pipeline because I was huge on that. I was so mad about that. They were building this pipeline over a water filtration system, and if all pipelines say that they have invented new technology that's going to make it so they don't leak, but they leak every time after a certain period of time. And so no matter what, this pipeline was going to leak into this water system. And who, you know, we're going to see that come into fruition in the next 10 years. And I was so bummed about that. But even in that anger, I was so angry at Trump. Even in that anger, I, I just couldn't help but feel that that anger doesn't even touch how angry I would be at the policies that Hillary Clinton laid forward. I really don't think so because she because if it, she was talking about internet censorship and um, you know just political correctness that like I think is so egregious, man. I think that you know I got to quote Jordan Peterson. I fucking I hate to sound like a Jordan Peterson fucking parrot, <laughs> but God damn it! it in, in order to think, you have to risk being offensive, and I'm so tired of people negating that. I, if I it, here's the thing, man. Let's say you let's say you have a bad idea. I'm sure you have a couple. I'm sure I have a lot. If but let's all my say, ideas are great. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure that you know what that, that's probably true. Some of my ideas suck, man. But you know how I've learned from those ideas is I've told them to people. And you know what you know what the beauty is of when you tell somebody something, you they get to tell you something that they think and and what they think might be at opposition with what you think. And if you learn to accept that and, and get past that because they're your friends, you, you gain a perspective. You know, there's a scene in Harry Potter where Dumbledore is like giving Harry Potter all the wisdom that he needs to change himself. And then he looks over to his right and he sees the phoenix. And the phoenix is a symbol of death and rebirth. And the reason why that is, and the reason why he sees the phoenix right when he's learning something new is because every time you learn something new, 
an old part of you dies. And that's because you're, you're challenging what you once thought about the world. And so I have, I have built so many friendships upon the framework of opposition that I have, that now, even when someone says something to me that I completely disagree with, I actually understand why they feel that way. Even though I completely disagree with them, I understand why they feel with that, that way. And I think that this is, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, no, this right. doesn't, this does not feel like none of my conversations with you have ever felt like disagreements. They're not disagreements. They're just, they're just different colors on a spectrum. They're just different. They're just different. They're not, they're not in opposition and they don't have to be. Well, and I think we need to start thinking about it like that. One of the hermetic principles is that is the principle of duality. And, and the principle of duality basically states that all, all ideas have polarities, you know, all ideas have two poles and intertwined and, and encapsulated in those poles is everything in between. But you know, I don't know if you know this, but the same chemical in your brain is released when you are angry at somebody, when you're feeling as, as opposed to when you're having an intimate moment with somebody. And it's because love and hate are kind of the same thing. They're just different degrees of the same thing. And that's why you release the same chemi- neurochemical when you experience both them. And I really, if you, I think if you pay attention to what like is exactly what you just said, if you watch two politicians argue about something and they disagree, they're they're saying the same thing. They're just saying it to a different degree. They're saying it in a different spectrum, like exactly like you just laid out. I really like that. Yeah. It it it's it. Oh God. That's alchemy. I know you don't Fuck, like. I man. know you don't no, like. No, it's no. It's even worse, bro. Because I was gonna say non-binary. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh uh, my God. Yeah. That's mind wave. Well, that's alchemy, man. That's <laughs> alchemy is a is a religious impulse about, you know, and, and 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 you know what? Alchemy has existed in every culture, without with and cultures that had no contact with each other. The science of alchemy came into being. Alchemy is a nascent form of chemistry, right? That's why it has the word chem in it. Chem no. means like to, to what? <laughs> you disagree? Uh, no. No, it was a pseudoscientific experiment. It it was it was trying to figure out how chemistry works. Once. Bro, bro, Jenner, they're gonna look <laughs> back on chemistry and say that that was a pseudoscientific experiment because it doesn't understand well, what no, we. Well, well, yeah, no, oh. that's what's gonna happen because people uh. eventually got the idea that hey, I think that certain things are made of different things. And I think if we play with those different things, we could learn about them. That's what alchemy is. And that's exactly what chemistry is. Chemistry just has done it better because they've built their framework upon what the, our ancestors have laid the way for us. God damn it, Connor. Quantum mechanics. You're fucking right, man. You're right. God damn it, you're right. I'm sorry. I always shit on alchemy, alchemy but you're right. Fuck. God I know damn it. it. I, I just know. changed my mind in real time, guys. It's okay. You, you heard it happen. You've done, you did it to me on the last podcast, and I wish we could release it, because uh. it, but it's gone. You know, I just want to point out to the world <laughs> that Jenner said something, and I can't even, for God forbid, I can't remember what it is right now, but you said something to me in the last podcast, and I said, and I and I paused for a moment and, and, and just said, Jenner, I think you're actually right. I think I'm wrong. And But we'll never know. 
It's because it's gone forever. I we saved okay in the Google Drive folder, bro. The audio is there. It was called like fail or something. <laughs> but my end is there and just barely because I I have to get very close to this mic to get that like smooth, sexy radio voice. So you can actually hear just little bits of you in the background if you pay really close attention. So I I think so I'm I get to be like a ghost. That. I'm like a, a ghost. Point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all yeah. oh, oh, Ghost Connor, Ghost Cast. Oh, yeah, Ghost yeah. Cast. I I kind of that's fucking weird. I love it. I kind of like it too. Do that. We should. I'm gonna hey, do ha- that. Hey, bro. Halloween's coming up, bro. Let's do a fucking Ghost Cast. I fucking love that. I'm not gonna remember, so I have to tell my phone. <laughs> no, you don't have to remember because it's right here in the recording well, in, that, that is going into the true. ether that is the internet. But but our our conversations are so natural, I don't I don't need notes. There aren't like cut points. Hey, I hope you got another you got another this hour is, in you, right? I got another oh, hour oh, in me, bro. Oh yeah. We we can we can take breaks at some point. Fuck, what was see that's I just lost. See, I brought my laptop to the bathroom. I'm not even gonna tell you guys when, but at a certain point in this podcast, I brought my laptop to the bathroom and took a piss and made my way back to my chair and you didn't even know it. Bro, bro, I heard it. I was gonna I was gonna private message you and be like, BTW, I totally heard you take a piss. It's really (laughs) oh I was trying to do it on like the side of the bowl. I, I love it. I, I tried to do it on like the side of the bowl, so you for sure couldn't hear. But I, I got <laughs> now it. It's it's going on the show, man. I'm I sorry. want people to hear what it sounds like when I pee. So that's okay. Uh, that's hot. My whole <laughs> my whole goal in life has been for people to hear what it sounds like for me to pee. So it's, it's a oh, win. Oh man, yes, drinks was a good idea. Drinks was a great <laughs> idea. I heard it was required, so I I. You know, I I never drink that much. You know, I'm actually. I mean, uh, I mean, not really. But when I'm trying to get to know people, like I am, I in the real world, I am very antisocial. I right. I'm very good at the pretend social thing, the like, uh, customer service, guest services, that pretend social thing, uh, like as a like a profession. <laughs> but like at real level shit, I find it like fairly difficult to connect with people. So yeah. It's like drinks are like good to just kind of like loosen up that initial like ugh factor. And once I've had a few, I like I'm full on like all loving kindness, meta Buddhist, like I want to travel, give everybody a hug type. Like I get there, but for the most most of the time I can't stand humans and <laughs> and it it takes me Especially if we're just doing like junky hangouts and like getting to know each you other. You can't stand cause... humans, man. I love humans. I love humans. They're beautiful but frustrating. <laughs> They're frustrating. You know, I give I'll give they you I'll a, grant you they that. They are a frustrating fucking animal, man. <laughs> we are a weird ass species of monkey. I I like it and I don't like it. I like it because I am one and I get to find other cool ones like you. But... Yeah. <laughs> like this goes back to the Rick and Morty thing. Like, I love Rick and Morty, but I hate fucking most Rick and Morty fans. Like, I can't stand them. It's just like, ugh. they're like, they're like, they're like, you have to be is. really smart to understand Rick and Morty. It's like, no, dude, my dog <laughs> understands Rick and Morty. It's funny. Like, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I can't wait. Honestly, I, I love that show. Um, I, you know, I think. 
That's actually, I hate, you know, I'll tell you something, little, another secret time. My biggest fucking nightmare is a world where no one gives a shit about anything. Like, nihilism is my biggest nightmare, bro. I, 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 I can't, okay, so I'm, I'm working on a book right now, and, you know, I'll release the blurb eventually. My next book, because I can actually explain it in a way that doesn't ruin it, it's a, dystop- it's a dystopian nightmare about a world that's really nihilistic. And I won't even tell you why it's nihilistic. There's actually a reason why this world is nihilistic, but, but, but I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna say that right now, but mm. it's, it's, it's a world where like nothing matters. And, I, and, I, and that's my biggest fear is that people will start to think nothing matters. And well, you know, I think that if people believe that there's some cosmic coincidence due to random material process, that they will ultimately jump to the conclusion that nothing they do matters. And I think if people jump to that conclusion, I don't think that'll lead to anything good. Now, I know we've talked about this a little bit. When I was an atheist, it was hard for me to overcome nihilism. I, in fact, I never quite did it. I, I eventually found my way out of atheism. And, and, um, and yeah, but nihilism, I think, is a, is a tough thing for atheists, man. How do you deal with it? I don't identify with them <laughs> how do you deal with i mean no but no but it doesn't matter like if you, my like, nihilism yeah but if you're if you believe the um, world is, is random material process with no intelligence behind it and you don't believe that your actions are being held accountable or or, or, or recorded in some database how do how do you get to a point where you believe that what you do do matters because believing that what you do well, matters regardless I mean, it, it has practical I mean, utility uh, I mean, Connor, I don't, I don't get my morals t- that tell me it's, it's not okay to stab puppies with a pencil. Like, I, I don't need somebody to guide me to that moral truth. You know what I mean? Like that. I don't know. Yeah, but where some, that but some came countries from, do but... kill puppies, and it's an, it, it's normal. You're the embodiment of your culture, and your culture doesn't believe in, in, in stabbing puppies. So that's part of it. But like, you know, I always bring it back to the incest argument. It's Good like, point. you know, a lot of a lot of cultures engage in incest. But you and I both know that it's wrong or at least we don't engage in it because we don't see that it's useful. But but it's not like your mom and dad ever sat you down and said, "Hey, you shouldn't, you know, engage in incest." It's it's, it's right. just well, because well, your, your culture well. has re- your culture has reinforced <laughs> that value so many times. You know, to be fair, I only have sisters. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's a good yeah. time for a gay joke. <laughs> uh, welcome to Mindwave. <laughs> we, by the way, I really appreciated our conversation the other day about that. It was that was very interesting for me. I was I was actually kind of fascinated that you weren't like aware of that, and I had to be like, wait, okay, you guys, like, this thing is so we're we're totally gonna do the ghost podcast thing. That was what I was gonna record. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but like, like way through this conversation, we're talking about homosexuality in the Bible or something, and, and real world consequences. And I, I think I told the uh, you know my personal story of being outed rather than coming out and being you know asked to leave the church and i told that whole story uh it's gonna come out as a ghost cast <laughs> i kind of like ghost cast ghost but no cast. in that like like yeah like part way through that i'm like wait bro you know i'm gay right and you're like what no 
I, I, I forget that I, I'm not going to lie. I have no have idea. You know, but at the same time, bro, I, come, you know, the way that I was raised and the place that I come from, it's almost like it's not even a thing. Like I don't, that it doesn't yeah. like it doesn't change the way I look at you and it doesn't, and, it, and it's not really something I care about. And you know why? I'll tell you why. Because I've never met a gay person that was, that was just gay. I've never met a gay person to where the fact that they were gay was the most interesting <laughs> thing about them. You know, right. like every, every gay person I've met, I wouldn't say, Oh, it's the gay guy. I would say, Oh, it's the guy who thinks <laughs> that he's an atheist and he's, and he, and he's, uh, it's, and he, <laughs> like, he it's the people, who, <laughs> it's the people who don't like cucumbers phenomenon. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. It's like, it's like, have you tried all kinds of cucumbers? Cause some cucumbers. Are really good. Oh man. Which is a gay joke in itself, this. and I, you know, <laughs> it totally is. And there's a whole lot of wooey science yoni cleansing jokes that could go in there too. That <laughs> from the woo shit side, we might get banned off of Facebook though. Um, I don't know. I don't think their algorithms are that sophisticated. Yet. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I don't think they can analyze think, audio like this. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, someday though. Perhaps, maybe then we will find a new platform. Think uh, Spot, man. And, and I mean, yeah, it's well. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Once I, Think I, Spot I, comes out, or one, once once they send me that email, man, you're not going to see me on Facebook as much anymore. I think Think Spot's going to replace everything. I kind of thought that about Minds. Minds is cool. Minds. Yeah, yeah it's. And my, then, I, and I, then mean, I, I went over there. I'm about for to like two seconds, and I was like, oh. It's a okay. weird, it's a weird site, my friend. It's um, it is well, a weird but platform. I will yeah. tell you, if you're a blo- my, if, if anyone out there is a blogger and you want to get in it and you're having a hard time getting your stuff out there, which I get it, it's hard to get blogs out there. I mean, even my fans, like who are or, or my followers who are like want to watch my show, it's hard to get them to read my blogs. And I get it. Like I said earlier, the spoken word is more powerful and easy, easily or accessible than than the written word. So I totally understand. But if you're a blogger. And you want to get more people to view your blog, put your blog on Minds. You can use your tokens to boost it so it populates on certain feeds to guarantee views. And it's a great way for bloggers to get their stuff out there. I highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minds Minds has a really cool model. And actually, I heard about this somewhere on the Intellectual Dark Web. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make one just for me. But I should totally repurpose that for the podcast. Especially since it's mind wave. I don't separate. I try to. I try to integrate con- like my know. name with the podcast enough to where it's interchangeable. Um, may- that might not be the best strategy. Like my website is connordurding.com, but I have like the daily discussion all over it. Um, I've thought about changing the URL to the daily discussion. I, you know, I am, I am finishing up a book here, so eventually, I'm sure that if if if, if well, hopefully, if I get published, I, I I hope I will. I I think I will. Um, if I if I get published, uh, the publisher is ultimately going to want me to create a new website just for writing. And I think at that point, what I'll do is I'll change it so it's connordurting.com for my writing and then the dailydiscussion.com for everything else. Yeah, smart. We with uh, And we were shopping around because we were like, do we want to be mindwavepodcast.com or something like and then we were just like looking through because they're you can shop for domains and their or uh, custom URLs, and they're cheap as hail. Uh, and we're like, well, Mindwave dot what like, 
And we thought like mindwave.space because space domains are really cool, but they're like 20 bucks or something. And I was like, I don't know, I'm not really feeling that. And I was like, org, we're not an org. And yeah, you're not like, like you're not like different a, ones. Mindwave isn't like an organism, you know. I'm, the daily discussion yeah. isn't an organism. It's just it's just media. So we went mindwave.media. Oh, that's kind of cool. Is is I just ours, dude, honestly, I I did I went to godaddy.fucking.com and I bought my name and it cost me $10 for like a year and it was .com. So I I that, 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 yeah, I, I really went very simple with it. $10 for a whole year. You know, I was paying Wix. Wix lied to me, man. I just want to point this out there for any Wix users. Wix lied to me. <laughs> they said that I needed to pay $18 a month to have a domain attached to my website. That's not actually true. What? It's it's partly true, but that's only if you want to use a domain from their fucking database. If you want, you can go to GoDaddy, <laughs> pay $10. for. Oh, I paid for like three yeah. months of Wix for no reason. Uh, you can go to GoDaddy. Here's what you can do, guys. I mean, let me let me give, let me let you in a little secret. You can go to GoDaddy. This is great. No, yeah. You can go to GoDaddy. You can pay ten dollars for a year for your website. You can go to Wix, sign up for one month of service, which eight it's eighteen dollars. Attach your domain and then cancel your account, and your domain will forever be connected to Wix. You might even be able to call Wix and convince them to return that eighteen dollars. I didn't do that because I did it for three months and I figured they wouldn't do it. But you probably could do that, honestly. Oh man, see we're about to get cut off again because last time our connection got interrupted, we were um we were talking about Greta Thunberg and then the uh PC police interrupted and uh shut down our podcast in real time. I expect we'll get that again any moment. And by now the way, I just want to too controversial. And I just want to shout out Greta Thunberg. She's the greatest thinker who ever came to be. Uh, the smartest mind that I've ever come across. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. She's the worst. Oh, man. You know, I feel bad for her. I think she's a victim. I think she's a victim. I think you don't think so. Listen, her parents and her got caught wearing Antifa shirts. And in my mind, if you wear an Antifa yeah. shirt, you're wearing you're basically wearing a shirt with a, with a swastika on it as far as I'm concerned. Well, Connor, and this is, this is what I've found because people – Oh my God, tribal identifiers. That was a whole thing. People, there are people who tribally identify as Antifa who don't pick up the ideology, who don't understand that when when they say, like, punch a Nazi, that means go to somebody who you disagree with and punch them in the face. Uh, or, or when they say punch... Oh no! Did we get cut off? No, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> logic procrast. Oh, the actual. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm recording in studio on my end. No, but yeah, like when they say uh, the whole fucking punch a turf thing, like. I forgot where I was even going with that because my fucking audio got cut off on the other end and I got distracted, but I was just like, it just did it again. Are you motherfucking kidding me? I hate this computer. Listeners, listeners, if you would like us to have a better podcast, uh, help me get a new fucking computer because this thing is a piece of fucking shit. <laughs> Good time to link your Patreon. 
head to our website, mindwave.media, scroll all the way down to the bottom and become a friend of the show. We have multiple labels that you can engage at and become a part of our friendly friend team universe. Uh, that's great. You'll love it. Come hang out. Uh, something is fucking fucky stupid with my computer. And it's okay. We'll finish this out on Zencaster. I was trying to have studio on my end. It's just, just fuck it. Oh, Zencaster still recording, though. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It was Logic Pro on my end that was like, we're not going to record you in studio quality anymore. And I was like, okay, fuck it. You know, I actually, I always wanted Logic Pro. I went to school for sound engineering, so I played around with quite a few DAWs. I always wanted Logic Pro, but I was always a PC guy. Finally just got a Mac for the first time, and I still haven't got Logic Pro. You know, I'm kind of now attuned to Persona Studio One, which is basically like a poor man's Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it really is almost as good as Pro Tools. It's just a little cheaper. Um, but I should, I would love to grab Logic Pro. I heard it's a great program. It's fantastic, and I actually... Um... I hope nothing fucks up because I'm I'm just saving this this project the part that we had earlier listeners that was in studio quality on my end. Hopefully you can hear the difference because this is actually a good point to point it out that like <laughs> I would like to do it that way, but now we're doing it this way. I'm just saving that on this end so that you can hear the fucking difference. Uh, Connor, where was it going? What were we talking about? Well, you know, I think we we were kind of talking about. Um religion and atheism but uh we no, talked no, no. after that like literally right before this right before this <laughs> yeah i was i was quasi distracted and i don't remember what we were saying so i had a couple oh, shots geez. of gin and yes i don't know if you guys know anything I... about gin but uh i heard it can i heard it can mess with your memory a little bit and so i i absolutely mm, can't remember perhaps <laughs> I was saying something cool and then I forgot. Well, you always say because something cool. Logic. Man. Oh no, lot. Oh, bro, Logic Pro. We're uh, obviously. I have Logic Pro like literally as like. That's what you're talking the about. I remember that. My attention. Yeah, I was like focusing. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. what is this? So no, I started on GarageBand. Uh, everyone. Uh, and, us. No, I started on FL Studio, but I but I got GarageBand shortly after. Okay. Yeah, uh, Fruity Loops sucks a big fat dick. What? I don't like Fruity Loops. No, it's a great starter. No, no, uh, no. For no, anyone well, out there yeah. listening, I, FL I, Studio <laughs> is a great like place to get introduced to the idea of quantization uh, yeah. and and, yeah, and piano nice. rolls and drum systems. It's a it's got. I mean, the fact of the matter is, FL Studio has fucking everything you need to make beats. The reason why Jenner is saying it sucks a fat dick is because <laughs> it, it, it's so simple that it, it doesn't allow you to. No, explain. nope, 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 nope. That's not it. I just don't. The interface is not. It's not user friendly enough. You have you have used it's the most user friendly. I mean, GarageBand is like so user friendly that you can't do anything on it. Like Fruity exactly. Loops is Fruity Loops is just complicated like, enough to where bro, it's, it's bro. <laughs> Bro, go back and listen to Journey to Saturn and Incendium. Logic Pro is based off of GarageBand. No, I know, Garage I know that. Band is the introduction. It's the intro. It's the same thing, except yeah. you get a cosmos of shit to work with. 
Except Logic That's Pro different. is a real dot, and, and GarageBand is like made for kids. Like I used to use GarageBand to make beats. It's like, like it doesn't even. I could I could make a dope beat. And I used it for years. I could, I, I, I know, released I know. albums up from GarageBand, and no, I, I know. I've taken them down because they're just so bad. Well, it, it's not that GarageBand is so bad. It's just that like. You know, like, especially if you're making beats, because that's what I, that was my introduction to sound production, is that I would make beats on GarageBand and it would take me so little time, but, but, but even though I could finish them so quick, the beats sounded like every other beat that was made on GarageBand. But on FL Studio, I could sit there for eight hours and make a beat and it would sound, you know, it would, it would be complicated and it would take a lot of of like stress and and sweat and blood and tears. But, but at least when the beat came out and it was done, it sounded like me. It sounded different than anything I ever heard before. And that, and, and it, that's because of the range of options. And yeah, it's not as user-friendly. You're right. But you but it doesn't give you that same like originality and flavor that, that uh, FL Studio gives you. Logic Pro is... I'm sure it's great. It's... it's cosmically I intimidating i i haven't i haven't gotten into all of the software instruments that are available yet well i'm sure you and would like, hate reason because re- fully customizing shit oh yeah like reason i'm like i i want to learn how to do reason as much as i want to learn the fucking repair manual for my 1996 hebrew or something like car. that or how to speak hebrew it's like yeah dude, um, you know just, well, i'll tell you something funny about reason is that reason <laughs> reasons an old program it's been around for a long time it's been refined but oh yeah but it's actually you know this is something i i went to, when i went to school for sound engineering my teacher who was a really prominent you know producer he told me that the people who made reason almost kind of purposely made it complicated because at the time it was like um it was a battle to keep people out of the music industry because they were already being choked so much by like new technology that could make it so <laughs> okay we're back <laughs> oh man you were going such you were going such a cool place can you find where you were well you know i called you an atheist on accident and you were like no dude i'm not an atheist and i'm like no i know mm. you're right i'm sorry i you know we don't need to have labels for these things. And I was telling it's, you yeah, that even I identity. struggle. Yeah. Well, even I struggle with labels like spiritual and religious. I don't know what the fuck I am, man. I can tell you for certain that when I read the Bible, it invokes a feeling in me that I can't really articulate very well. Or when I listen to Hindu music, you know, it invokes a feeling in me that it's hard to explain. Or when I look at the the pyramids or certain types of architecture or art, it invokes a feeling in me. And all those feelings, like the one thing that the reason I sometimes refer to them as religious experiences is because no matter what it is, it's the same feeling. I can't distinguish the feeling I get from reading the Bible as, as opposed to the feeling I get when I look at pictures like the Mona Lisa, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same, it's the same exact way I feel. And I don't need know how- a new. I I feel I feel that too. I just I don't ascribe it to religion or quote spirituality. I'm burping. Sorry, guys. We've we've been drinking. Um, it it's because all that shit carries so much baggage. It carries so much baggage. When I hear a word like religion, I don't think Jainism. I don't even think Buddhism. I think Islam and Christianity. That and and Hinduism sometimes i don't 
invoke it a whole lot. Um, but it it's that it's that tribal fucking identifier part where you're just like you are all in the same thing. We put you in the same color coded box, and I'm it's like, a way to box you in, right? I I can't I can't handle the box. I the like <laughs> like the the box is not okay to me. That that's the problem. It's it's just. Uh, fuck and it like when i think of religion okay i forget who this is attributed to like it's cult mentality a cult is a small and unpopular religion a religion is a large and popular cult in in a sense if we're talking about organized doctrinal well, you know shit so when i think of religion that's what i think what, of i think what, of indoctrination what is, it about, what is it about religion that classifies it as a cult is it the fact that they meet up together it well it's it's the ritual and the ritualistic nature is certainly a part of it um, it's the doctrinal nature. This uh, is, this is know, what you believe. This is why you should believe it. This is your reward. This is your punishment. Whatever. The, it's it's the doctrine, the indoctrination. The it's it essentially brainwashing. Yeah, but is there something morally wrong with being unified in an ideal? Because you know, I could I could almost say the same it thing about you. On you, the you could, well. That's not the same argument because I could say the same thing about you Yang gangers. You know, you're all unified in this doctrine that you believe humanity first and freedom dividend and stuff like that. But the only difference is that you guys don't meet up together every Sunday and, and, and perform rituals well, and sing songs and, this, and stuff like this that. Is, saying, this is but, but that's where I get that's where I get yeah. that's where I get weird with it because I'm like, what's wrong with meeting up every Sunday, singing a few songs? Drinking some wine, eating some bread. Oh, ab- absolutely nothing. We absolutely need to do that because we evolved to do that as species. Right. My argument has always been that doesn't need to be within the context of a holy scripture, a a a <sighs> belief, a belief in something that is that contradicts our nature, contradicts our reality. Okay, and I'm going to get deep for a second because. Every every Christian on the earth who believes in God and heaven and that that's where they'll go and they'll die and you know and everyone who believes and they go to heaven they get to live in paradise it's this wonderful beautiful thing look at any one of them who's ever lost somebody okay they grieve they mourn like this is just like you'd think that they would be celebrating you know, that their loved one get, and you know, that's kind of what wakes are about. It's, it's kind of like trying to get at that, but the initial human instinct is not to be like, yay, my child died to be in paradise. It's like, oh my God, what do I do? Why did, why did this happen? Why did I have to lose my kid? You know, and you see people shoved, you know, forced into this, uh, sorry, my computer went to sleep forced into this, you know, like awakening in the moment and they're never they're never happy about it. You know, it's all it's like it's it's contradictory to human nature. We we need to recognize more that we are fucking humans and that we know fundamentally fundamentally at the core of it and this is kind of what one of the bigger parts problems that I have with religion is they're like, no, there's an eternity 
in paradise. There's an eternity in hell. It's like, well, that means that this life means nothing. We're just working to get to one or the other. And then that's where we'll be forever. It teaches you to not value the very short time that you have here with the people that you fucking care about and you love. I mean, unless you understand that ideas like heaven and hell are meant to be conceptualized as things that happen to you in real life. And that's when that is not hard to understand. That's actually for Christians. It's actually, it's actually crazily. Yeah. But that, that metaphor is a top down metaphor so you can understand it. So if you, if, if you conceptualize it as something that happens to you after you're dead, well, it's, it, that means that it's practically applied while you're alive. And so I'm not saying that everybody needs needs a, the idea of a god to be moral. What I'm saying is that it helps it it has helped a lot of people be moral and it continues to do so. Now, it's also helped a lot of people to be immoral. Okay, and but brought- so has the so has the lack of god. Think about how many people who want who were out there who were crazy, who wanted to commit a crime and they went through all sorts of mental gymnastics to convince themselves and then finally they they said, "You know what?" I've convinced myself there is no God watching me. I'm not being held accountable. Now I can do whatever I want. Now I'm going to go out and shoot up them all. That's that's happened just as much. Uh, I would challenge the statistics. There's no way to ever know because you can't really extrapolate what someone was thinking right before shooting up a mall. A lot of people who shoot up a mall will die in the process because the police will kill them or they'll kill themselves. A lot of those people just choose not to share that information. And a lot of it is just that you know that it's distorted because you're hearing it from a crazy person. Yeah, I was uh, I was looking, I was trying to find uh, a statistic here. More than 7 in 10, that's 73% state prison chaplains say that efforts by inmates to proselytize or convert their other inmates or either very common to just no, 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 no. That's not what I was looking for. The no, I know the statistic you're looking the, for. The, it's, the, it's, the, it's that most people in prison are religious, but the reason like that 90 that, something yeah, percent no, 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 are, but the reason that is Catholic the, that, that, that's called, um, that's called reprievery. You know, when people get to prison, they start looking for anything that can, that can justify what they've done or, or rationalize what they've done. So that statistic is conflated because a lot of people, when they get into jail, are actually atheists. It's while they're in jail that they convert. The phenomenon is conflated because people live their life as, quote, heathens, and then they get to their deathbed. Heathens or monsters. People like monsters. And this is this is taught in the, in the text, in the scripture, all you have to do is ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and you'll be forgiven. It, it Hitler is in heaven according to these moral rules because he accepted Jesus into his heart. It doesn't matter what you do in this life as long as you say as long always, as you say my bad and ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. What kind of moral framework is that? I will always continue to argue and and and, and I think actually in a way we agree that the modern Christians who believe that that is something that happens after death, it's a mistranslation. The people who wrote those stories were intending you to conceptualize that idea on earth. So like if you break the superordinate principle, so if you steal, if you lie, if you do something, it will come back to you in an equal way. And we know that that's true because that's what science tells us. Every action has an equal or opposite reaction. We're, you know, We like to think of ourselves as separate from nature, but we're not. 
we're creatures of nature. So no. we, so those laws Animal, actually we're monkeys. Are, we're literally monkeys, the, bro. And those That's laws still thing. apply. And those laws still apply to us. They, they, if if you do something, you know, they they can measure your thoughts. Certain thoughts measure higher than others. And you know, it, it's not so much that like negative thoughts measure lower than higher thoughts or whatever, but certain thoughts measure higher than others on a on a, on a frequency. So everything you do, uh, all uh, the way. I, Let's oh. let's unpack let's unpack that for a second because you're using you're using scientific words in a in a quasi or pseudo scientific context. So what what do you mean what do you mean by that? Let's like like they can put like it, it's it's not predictable. It's not it's it's super random. But they can put your brain to like a stenograph that shows like the that that will show like the brain activity either being higher or lower depending on what you're thinking about i'm not saying it's repeatable i'm not saying that you could think about the same thing twice and it would give the same levels i'm just saying your brain is always constantly going up and down all over the place so everything you're doing and 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 who knows how many multitude of factors are playing into that but everything you're doing is is sending out information but you're also constantly absorbing information all the time it's a it's it's a it's not a one-way street, you know. It's a it's a mutual exchange between you and the outside world all the time, and I think that further extenuates the point. Hmm. <laughs> I'm at a loss. I I I don't have a response. That's it's okay. It's not often. It's not often that happens, but I don't. I don't know. All I'm saying, maybe I'm rambling a little bit, but all I'm no, saying, no, 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 no. It's, um, I'm in a desert. <laughs> I don't know which way to go. Well, I kind of don't either, but, uh, you know, the <laughs> only thing I can say in defense of myself to all the atheists who are rolling their eyes at me, and I know they are, and I know they are, and I, cause I talk to them all the time and I know I can, I figured out what I, the certain things that I can say that make them just, they don't like that. They don't like it. And I get it. Yeah, well, I'm not one of them, and and I don't roll my eyes. It you make me think, you make me think, and you're easy to listen to and easy to understand because you're not proselytizing. <laughs> you know, you're just, you know, and this is I've I've made this comment to you privately is that like you are an easy person to understand and talk to, and my main my main issue with Jordan Peterson is that he's not he's not accessible in the same way that somebody like you is like, we can actually carry a conversation and you can actually, it's not even a matter of articulation. It's a matter of openness and yeah. understanding that like, not everybody has the same exact brain that you right. do. So you need to actually make a little effort to try and make your thoughts make sense in somebody else's head. And you very clearly try to do that. And I don't feel like Jordan does enough. If that makes sense. I can understand that critique. Like, like you, what you're saying is like the way he presents information. It's all, it's almost like he knows that it's only re, it, he, like the way he's presenting it is specifically resonating with a certain like substrata of, of, of populace, right? Like a certain elitist. Type of it, it feels elitist in a way, kind of sorry to cut you off. Do you, I mean, like, I, I mean, I try not to get caught up in the idea that people are paid off to say things or they're, they're part of some agenda. I really don't. I really think when I look at the world, I see people doing their best to try to formulate their ideas and, and no matter what, like, and, and here's the thing, 
I don't have as many hours of Jordan Peterson. I don't have as many hours of myself talking online as Jordan Peterson does. And I imagine that if I did, I'd be in really big trouble because I, I, you know, I'm a human being. I can't, I contradict myself sometimes. I don't know if I said this earlier while we were recording, but sometimes I say things to people that are like good pieces of advice, but I don't always live up to them. I don't always right. do that. You know, I'm not, I'm not fully integrated. I don't think anyone really is, you know, I think Jordan Peterson purposely kind of, uh, gives off that dogma because he's so intelligent that it's almost unreachable. And that, that's what I mean by it's, it's, it's an ivory tower thing. It's like, I'm looking down at you and trying to get you to see what's happening up here. And it doesn't think? translate. It's, it's a translation thing. And, uh, and uh, I haven't really shit on Jordan too much. on no, this I, I get it. I get, I, have you ever I, seen I, his I, interview on Jim Jeffries? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's, it it's, that one I just think was it was good for people who don't like him because Jim Jeffries basically brought up and was like, "Hey, you know, do you think um, a guy should bake a cake for a, should should do you think a corporation should be forced to bake a cake for a guy if he's gay? You can I'm sure you've heard this one a million fucking times, but he was like, uh, no, I think you know I I think the person should probably find a new baker, but I don't think that means it was right. He said I don't think that means that I think what the ba- what the baker is doing is right." And then Jim Jeffries was like, well, you know, in Prohibition, you know, black people were forced to not use certain water fountains or they weren't allowed in certain restaurants. So isn't that the same thing? And Jordan Peterson, like, sat there for a second, like, rubbed his chin and was like, you know what? I think it is the same thing. I think you're right. I think I was wrong about that. And, I, and, and that moment was like and, – and, and, and when I saw that, that was kind of a moment where I was, like, ambivalent about Jordan Peterson myself. And that kind of, like, was, like, what won me over to him to, like, really – explore further on his material like i was still like a a newbie when that came out and then and then like that moment was like whoa okay you're a real dude you just admitted that you were wrong in real time so that means like i trust your intention and now i'm gonna go explore your work further right you know my my introduction to him was through sam and the inability for there to communicate about basic words so to be I, fair, he was dying. He was dying from an autoimmune disease. Like, like he was like having autoimmune symptoms, like from a disease that was like basically killing him during that podcast. And that's why he was like, he was pretty weak on that one. You could tell on the second podcast they did, he was a lot healthier because he had adopted that new diet that his daughter told him about. That basically oh, no, yeah, saved like, his I, life. That, that was my introduction to him. Yeah. But I I have since gone and listened to other other public speaking events. Can I ask like what what kind of stuff? stuff? Like do you, do you do you have any like memories of like the specific videos and stuff like that? I mean the the truth thing is very hard to grapple with because if words mean anything, they need to mean what they mean. And if you're trying to, if you're trying to invoke subjective truth and have that supersede objective truth or have equal footing with objective truth, then I, I find very, I find well, that very it's, hard it's not, to I don't, intellectually. I don't think it's a competition. I don't think it's a competition. I think what I think the goal of subjective truth is to take multiple aspects of objective truth and amalgamate them into one thing. That's what makes it engaging. You know, like a, if if 
If stories were written like real life, they wouldn't be interesting because real life is not, not that interesting as far as like it doesn't happen at real speed. The reason a, a story is a good story is because it kind of takes aspects of truth from different parts of life and distills it into one thing. You know, another thing about that too is what it, what was it? Um, you said something about truth. Um, what was what was the first thing you just said? Like at the beginning of that, do you remember? It's just like it's 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 this idea that opinion is on equal footing as fact. Subjective experience is just as valid as objective truth, and that that's really kind of what I get at. Is is like some things are objectively true. Two plus two equals four. If you believe, oh yeah, in your heart of hearts. Well, that two plus two equals five. You're free to believe that, but you're still wrong, or or being dishonest. But see, I've heard some mathematicians make the argument that you can do things to make it so two plus two does equal five. It just depends on the what. Like like every experiment is affected by the observer. You know, Carl Jung once said, um, he said, uh, God damn it, I'm having like bad memory issues. He said. Um, Gosh darn it! I just had it. It was it was about what you were just talking about. Oh yeah, he said. Um, he said when when people agree on what a symbol is, it ceases to be a symbol. And I and I think that there's something deep about that. I think when we all like, why do we believe science? Right? It, it's because it's repeatedly true. Water yeah. boils at. At, at a certain degree every time, right? You, it, science is like the faith that the, that the past will behave like the future. Can, do you agree with that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily equate it with faith. It's, because it's, it's the prediction. I, I, would, I, would, I would call that reason. Okay. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call yeah, that that's fine. faith. That's faith. Faith is the belief something will happen in the absence of any reason. Did you, did you know that there are certain things you can do to than, make it so water doesn't boil at, at the degree that which it normally boils at? You could change the salinity. You could change the altitude. That That's all physics, though. I mean, we're, we're talking about physical properties. Right. Well, that's that. Then that's that's an argument I use a lot is that especially if we're if we're not talking about like the underpinnings of narrative when we're talking about the actual idea of an intelligence for the universe. One of the arguments that I make is that there's so many natural laws that it seems to me that, that, that those natural laws that are always predictable and repeatable would prove that it can't be a random material process because if it was a random material process, there would be no rules. There would be, it would be random. It would, you, you could make things happen in a way that was random. Yeah. And it seems to me they've never been able to calculate randomness. I'm I'm gonna push back on that from a cosmological perspective. So, yeah, and we yeah. did we did this in the last one because this invokes multiverse theory. Because if if we extrapolate beyond, okay, we used to think this is the one planet that's the one sun. Then we found out, oh no, this isn't the only planet. There's these other things going around out there. Let's call them wanderers. They're all going around the sun. Then we found out, oh, they're all going around this one sun. And then one guy in Italy named Giordano Bruno was like, 
well, wait, what if those stars out there are other suns? What if it's, what if it's not just one? We're not, we're not, maybe, what if we're not at the center of everything? What if it's not just one? What if it's many? So he looked at the other stars and he said, what if they're, what if they are other suns with other earths, with other life? And they lit the, the Roman inquisition burned him at the stake for this, for heresy, because it was Can you hear me? so outlandish. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> Connor. Yeah. Connor. Connor. Hello? Connor. <laughs> hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hold on. I'm holding. This is adorable. I'm leaving it in. Jenner. Yes, sir. Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Sorry about that. A little technical difficulty. So it happens on this show literally every single time, and it's fine, and I'm leaving it in. I'm not going to go back <laughs> and bother cutting that out. No, but what I was saying is, like, we used to think the Earth was the center of everything. Then we found out, you know, like, oh, other stuff's happening in the sky. Oh, there's, oh, the sun. Oh, everything's going around the sun. Oh, now the sun is the center of everything. And now, and then uh, Giordano Bruno comes along and says, oh, you know, like these stars that are out there, they, they could be other suns. They could have other Earths. They could have other planets, other wanderers, you know. And they burned him at the stake for it. The Roman Inquisition did because it was heresy. And then we we looked up when we started doing astronomy. We're like these fuzzy blips in the sky. We're like, what is that? They're just clouds. We called them nebulae just for cloud because they were just like fuzzy blobs. And then we discover there are, other, there are other galaxies just like our own galaxy. Hundreds of billions of stars. And you take that out. You have hundreds of billions of galaxies in this one universe. And then you take that a step further. What if it's not one one universe? What if it's a multitude of universes and everyone is different, just like our, our galaxies and our stars and our planets and our life is different? What if all of the universes are different and the laws of physics within them are different? randomly selected for in a selection process kind of kind of darwinian in nature to where like the preconditions are established okay this this is what the gravitational force is this is what the strong and the weak nuclear force is this is what the electromagnetic force is those figures are plugged in to each one of those universes and there's a, a an infinite number of possibilities but it's only these ones that have these numbers just right that life emerges that 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 stars and galaxies and planets and life emerges it's only within this small subset of the random population that it clicks it comes together you can you can easily ascribe that to something divine but you can just as easily ascribe that to something that happens by random chance so in we talked about this in the last one the the notion of intelligence because you asked me about intelligent design in a way for the universe because everything is the way that it is because we can measure we can predict 
doesn't that mean yeah it's repeatable we 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 found we found something that works doesn't that mean there was some kind of intelligence behind it and my initial argument was that like yes the intelligence behind it is us that's our intelligence we are divining the underlying nature of the universe we're 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 pulling the curtain back and finding out the inner workings of how everything works but as for a larger creator i don't i've never found the need to ascribe that to any kind of intelligence that is greater than our own that had to make this so that this could happen it's like just in the way that i understand the word intelligence i understand why people invoke that because it it is too perfect you know especially if you're getting into you know the mathematics of the universe there's lots of symmetry there's lots of complex patterns repeating patterns and stuff math is amazing the language of the universe is an amazing thing the fact that there are people with brains these weird monkeys with brains that figured out how to do it and figured out how it works i think that's amazing i i find that a triumph of human intelligence to understand the underlying condition of the universe i don't ascribe that to a top-down kind of dominance hierarchical structure as to where there's a creator at the top making everything at the bottom and we're just happening to notice it does that make sense yeah i would just challenge that you know we are certainly propagated by dominance hierarchies now whether or not a god is not all life not all life. I mean, I, I mammalian, mammalian. Um, I'll call them civilizations. Yes, m- mammal groups organize. Okay, real quick. I say I don't sometimes. like the word dominance hierarchy. Um, I think it sounds very. I don't like the connotation of it. The word that I prefer to use is like competence hierarchy. I believe most of the time you structure yourself to where the most competent people are at the top. Well, if we look within, if we look within our own family, and I mean that as other monkeys, you know, it it's not merely a competence thing. It is a dominance thing. It's the bigger, stronger, more aggressive figures who rise to the top. So, just from a purely, um, what's what's that called? The people who study apes and monkeys. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I've had a, I've had. Well, I don't like the idea that people but, that men yeah. either have to be strong, assertive males, or the the you know there's it's it's depicted in either that way or that they're these artistic, sensitive guys. I, I don't think that's history. I think that the the best men throughout history. No, no, no. Were were were, were people who were in touch with both. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we, we've covered this a little bit on the show before, too, is just that like this. Oh, no, we covered this in an after show, bro. You're going to love this. So we our after show is very silly and we've already spoiled this on the main show. So it's fine for the listeners. Mm-hmm. But we came across some pups. Are you familiar with the pup fun up the leather pups? Are you familiar with that phenomenon? Leather pups. It sounds like something like a serial killer would do. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like a cosplay thing 
like furries are their own uh, thing, okay, and then like leather pups, it's it's like canine. It sounds play. awful. I mean, it just sounds. Awful. It it's 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 fascinating from from my perspective anyway. But we we had some leather pups on the show, and they had they have like a hood, you know, a leather puppy hood that they pull over, and little cute booty shorts and that's part of their play is that they engage in canine type behavior as like an entertainment activity. It's a non-sexual thing. Like, let me make that clear for the, for the pup community. This is just like a fun play thing that they do kind of like D and D or, or cosplay or any of that. But we, we got these, these guys on the show, these puppy boys, for an after show where we're just like, okay, break the shit down for us. How does this work? What are you? And then we got into talking about like pack mentality and the whole like alpha beta omega thing. And they were like, oh, that's totally how it works in this social construct. And I was like, well, that's totally not how it works in nature. Like not within wolves anyway. That's like that whole alpha beta omega idea is just so outdated it's it doesn't really apply to the actual right. evolutionary biology that's going on right. there. Right. So yeah, there is a whole lot of that. That was a it, it, that was a long windy road back around to the central point, which led through an entertaining valley about puppy boys. If you guys are not subscribed to the show, give us a dollar. Go listen to Pup Talk. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, poptalk.com, right? <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually, yeah. This, oh my god, that was if that, that was name amazing. isn't already taken and made website by some person who loves puppies, I would be shocked. I would be shocked too. And I was asking about like. And the, the, these are guys, this is like their lifestyle, okay? And I was like, so, like, explain pup culture. You know, like, what's pup culture like? And they're like, pup, pup, like, pop culture? Pup, pup, pop? Pop culture, that's and I, what I like, thought, too. They, they'd never even thought to call it pup culture. And I was like, you should totally be calling it pup culture. <laughs> Uh, anyway, oh fuck, yeah. This see, this what bell, the, bell, the, bell, the bell, bell, bell. Yeah, I love the bell. <laughs> That's not quite I a frantic like. Oh shit, man. we talked uh, about you know, Every time, I, yeah, right. Every time we chat, man, I I always feel stimulated afterwards. I always feel like I've learned something. Uh, you know, the fact that we're you were clearly so very high in openness that we scattered all across the board is very entertaining for me. I think it makes for entertaining podcasts too, and. Honestly, man, your show, I, I, I highly recommend it to everybody. I've told multiple people about it. It's interesting. It's thought-provoking. It's consistent. Um, Mindwave is like a, is, is a, was a great idea, man. I'm glad you brought it into the world. The world needs more stuff like that. Oh, man. I got so much love for you right now because daily discussion is like you went straight for like the deepest of the deep end where I'm, whereas I'm just like, okay, I need to play in the shallows for a little bit over here. And you just went fucking right to the core of like people who don't agree. Let's get together and talk like people. And I was like, 
bro, that's like the spirit behind all of this. But I'm trying to go so many directions and have it to be about so many things. I mean, look at how, look at the diversity of the conversation that we've had here. I mean, we've talked about fucking everything and that's what I want Mindwave to be. Right. Like, I don't want it to be like- Everything from peeing on a podcast to to atheism and, and, and the president and whatnot. And it, it literally, literally, and about uh fucking monkey fights, man, getting getting all uh, upset about the other monkeys fucking with their fucking monkey shit, man. I mean, like, I I haven't announced this one yet, it, and I I need to come up with a name for it because I've updated all of the series on on the the show page. Green Revolution is about agriculture. Humanity First is about self-explanatory outrage machine. You were totally getting in on that possible minds self-explanatory human nature war of one biotech breakdown the core candle in the dark this awesome fucking thing i cannot wait for ad astra is going to be all about space exploration and astrophysics and cosmology and the newest one i don't have a name for it yet but it's going to be like the 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 core of it is like darwin's tree of life you know, like the starting at the center and branching out. So it's going to be like biology and evolution and wildlife and ecosystems and origins and ancestors. And like, oh man, the show is going to go so many fucking Well, what do you places. say next weekend? Why don't you come on the daily discussion? We'll have a, we'll have a little chat, um, hour long. We'll get it all scheduled and everything. You down? I'm about it, bro. I'm I'm about full collaboration. And if you want the audio from this conversation, I'll mix that down. For oh you yeah, I'll, I'll throw it on my YouTube channel, but I'll advertise yeah, it. Yeah, the yeah. Mindwave podcast, of course. So yeah, man. Like anytime I do any kind of crossover shit, I'm like, I, whatever I make, I'm gonna I'm gonna make available to you to do. I'm excited you that want. you're you're going down. You're pushing the envelope further. And you're getting, you're delving like more into this stuff. I think the Mindwave podcast is just going to unfold in a crazy way from here, man. I'm super excited to see what you do. Uh, I'm, I'm inspired. Every time I talk to you, bro, like every time I talk to you, bro, <laughs> you make my day and you, you inspire me. And it's, it's so nice to know that there are other minds out there in the world who are like I'm, to get it. <laughs> I'm telling you, you the, a lot of, a lot of your followers. It, 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 they're you know they're just people on the internet are quiet. I've had people message me and tell me they've listened to my show for a long time but never said anything. So like I've met people through this Yang Gang community who know about your show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, it's always good to encourage your followers to just be like, hey, feel free to you know it's all, it really helps to comment, like, and share and all that stuff. Um, it's hard, it, you know. People, um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but people will go out and like they'll buy a movie and they'll buy a book, but really people listen to podcasts more. So that engagement, man, it really helps. And I encourage everybody doing like, you know, if you yeah. want to yep. see more creators come into the world, it doesn't have to be me or Jenner. You know, if you want to see more creators in the world, you should support creators. Yeah. And th- this is built into my support structure idea for the show is totally. like you get to be a part of it. You don't just get to listen to it and be like a passive observer. You get to be like an active participant in this with us. So if, if you are one of those people out there right now in the world, whether you want to come on the show or if you're too nervous to leave us a voicemail or whatever, reach out to me personally. Uh, you know, let's, let, let's talk. I want to be accessible. Okay. 
the idea of being famous sounds like a goddamn nightmare. We want to talk about hell on earth. Being famous sounds like one of the worst fucking things. And I'm never going to be one of those detached people who's just like, I'm up here with a megaphone talking down to you. Like, no, this is about us. It is always going to be about us. I will always put my whole heart and my whole energy into reaching out to you individually as people like the best that I can every fucking time that it's I can very engage rare with that you someone, individually. It's very rare that someone comes into the sphere with such good ideas that they deserve fame. You know, those people are so rare. It's the people that really invoke thought in the majority of the people who listen to them. And, you know, I don't, I, yeah, like, you know, I never claim to be one of those guys. Um, they're so far and few in between, you know, they're the, they're the Jordan Petersons, the Sam Harris's, the God sods, um, and, and many other people throughout history, but mm. they're very far and few in between the people who have actually earned their fame from formulating ideas. The rest of us out here, we're just putting our ideas out there and seeing what happens and being willing to be challenged on them. But the, but the other people like that, man, who have really thought out their ideas, like those people are, they're not, they're not easy to come by. Yeah. I, I do believe it's Gad Sad, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I like Sad. <laughs> I like Sad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I didn't know I, that. I, I think he pronounces it Gad Sad. Uh, G-A-A-D-S-A-A-D. Interesting. Yeah, well, his podcast is called The Sad Truth, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, it's Gad Sad. I'm, I'm pretty sure. No, but uh, no, man, you're, you're, you're right on the money there. I, I forgot where we're going with this because, again, we've been hanging out for a while and we're drinking and <laughs> having fun. But, no, that that's what it's really about for me, guys. It's it's about, like, I want – people listen to podcasts, okay? And I'm getting meta here because this is why I listen to podcasts. If if you get into something and you subscribe and you listen and you you, you get to hear these people's – mannerisms and screw-ups and uh, burps and peeing in the side of the toilet bowl, you're like, oh, that's another person. You feel like you get to know that person. You feel like if you ever bummed into them on the street, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I know all this shit about you. And you'd be like, remember that one time? And then they'd be like, I don't remember that at all like because I was just bullshitting into a microphone. There's a disconnect there. That's all I do. Most... Yeah, there's a disconnect between the audience and the creators, right. and I'm 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 trying to bridge that in a way that's like, no, right. I I am never going to be the guy that's too famous to talk to you. Right. Like, if there's yeah. time in the day, I will do it, and I that's yeah. fundamental. That's at the core of what Mindwave is. Is we're that's how we're going to be different. We're not just going to say fuck the ads, give us money. We're going to say no, like fuck the ads, be a part of us. Be a part of this with us, you know, whether you want to do it publicly or not, like reach out, send your fucking shit in. If you if you're just like, hey, this is a really cool thing that I I found. This is a cool article. Maybe you could talk about this on the show. Absolutely. I want all of that. You guys, listeners, if, if whoever you are, I fucking love you guys, you know, and I want I want you to feel like you're a part of this, too. You're not you're not a passive observer. You are a part of a larger universe. And that's, that's what we need to bring home for mind wave total tangent. Absolutely. That makes, and that, I think that's a great way to end it, man. I really appreciate you having me on the show, dude. I really, really appreciate it. It's, it's not even like 
I'm having you on the show. It's like you're you're we this is our show and we're doing it together for the first time. Well, let's this do it again, is, man. Like, let's do it again really, really soon. I, I want to keep going with you, man. We have good podcast chemistry. It's not always it's not, it's not everybody you meet that has uh, the, the long winded conversations that we can have where we just keep going and we build off each other, man. It's really awesome to see. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? This is gold. This is gold. I ha- I hate that when you start watching something or you start listening to something and something starts to get good and they're like, oh, 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 right, cut- right. we got to th- take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. And it's just like, oh, man, like what it's I want. I wanted more. And that's why long form is taking off so much is because people are sick of that soundbite bullshit and they want more right, real shit right. like this where they where they can hear a cute mm-hmm. dude pissing in a sink. And also have a fucking <laughs> hear an amazing random pissing crazy conversation stink. about amazing. I wasn't stuff, pissing in so. a sink, but now I appreciate the metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would have pissed in the sink personally. That would have been more discreet. I, I don't think you would have heard it if I pissed in the probably, sink. Probably, maybe. Probably, I noticed. I noticed an ambience change. I noticed an uh, like oh. This room has more reverb. That sounds like a bathroom. Is that a tinkle sound? That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love you, bro. This love is so you fucking too, awesome. Man. It's so awesome. I can I cannot wait to get into Candle in the Dark because you guys, like, we Candle. did not this is this is a fucking <laughs> this is a diamond we are going to zap with a huge laser. We have not scratched the surface of this shit yet. So if you enjoyed this conversation between me and my new best friend, Connor, please hey. uh, stay tuned because it's going to go crazy places and I cannot fucking wait. Best friends forever, bro. I love you, man. Love you too, brother. <laughs> Mind Wave is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2019.